Hey, this is Jay. Before we start the episode, I wanted to share some really exciting news. Calibra was just named a leader in the 2023 Forrester Wave Report for data governance solutions. If you don't know what the Forrester Wave is, it's essentially a guide for us buyers considering options for software. If you want to get to know Forrester a bit better, go back and check out our recent episodes with Raluca Alexandru and Michelle Getz from Forrester. I love these conversations. We had a total blast. And I can't resist making a plug here either. To learn more about the report, go to Calibra.com slash data download dash Forrester Wave dash DG. And we're going to put all of that in the show notes as well, so that it's easy for you to navigate to them and check out those reports. All right, back to the show. This is the Data Download, your guide to upping your game when it comes to managing and accessing data in your organization. For Calibra, I'm your host, Jay Miller. Building a data governance program can be daunting. Tough to get buy-in, right, from folks all around the company at all levels, really. So I've been wondering how successful data governance leaders got their start in this discipline, right? How they managed to get their programs off the ground and then produce great results over time. Yeah, speaking of great results, I think we have just the right person to explain that to us. Hi, my name is Berger Hansen. I'm from Hamburg, Germany. I work for Union Investment Real Estate since nine years, later as an IT architect, and now I work in the data and report department, and my basic role is to push the data management initiative and data governance. That means that I'm establishing the data governance organization, I organize data boards, I put people together to clarify data, to do definitions, and help people to get on the data journey. I have similar responsibilities. I think we're going to get along just fine. Right. right yeah. So being responsible for the data management program there at Union, yes. what kinds of challenges came to mind for you that you were looking to solve, getting started with solving well for that data management need? We are a bank, so we are very good at documenting our processes and our business capabilities and our T-systems. We are really good at that. But... What we lack is the overview about our data. Mm -hmm. We have the role um, of a data owner per system. So one person's responsibility for all the data in one system. And there's the problem because the amount of data or the variety of data may be too much in the systems to live on that responsibility. Or the other way, the data is stored in different systems. So we have different responsibilities for the same data. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we had the idea we need an, an overarching responsibility for data overarching over IT systems. So you have to make sure it works, right? And when you have, I, I imagine what you're saying is if you've got different people responsible for the same thing or unclear responsibilities, there's just a bunch of different maybe business tensions that you have to work out, maybe help people come to terms with that and negotiate a little bit. Does that come up? That, that was a big part of the challenge because we had key figures that are not really good described and there the responsibility was unclear. So we had key figures that are defined in different ways and had the same name. Or we had the same key figures with different name in different departments. And that was a big struggle for us. It's pretty common. I've had a lot of these conversations. <laughs> it's common here. It's common, it's common everywhere in every organization. I guess that's that's why you started your data management program. Right. Let's take a step back. So you, you talked about you're responsible for data governance, your data management program at Union. 
And a lot of the challenge was around responsibility clarity, definition clarity, consistency, things like that. Yes. What would you call the definition for data governance? Like, how would you define what that is so that it sort of sets the stage for how you approached dealing with those challenges? Yeah. What I tell the people in my in my areas that like data governance is basically the question how we want to handle data. It's a framework. It's some rules, some processes, and some responsibilities on this. And it's a big question because if we consider data as an asset. We have to take care of it. And therefore, you need some kind of data governance. So some rules, some process, definition, I guess, is partly what you were getting at before. And certainly being, uh, let's say, explicit about responsibilities and who manages what parts, right? I guess, collecting data, storing data, defining data, right? And all of that. So when you're implementing a program like this to, let's say, implement or create these rules, processes, definitions, and all, some organizations start it you know, maybe it's a directive from executives or there's a regulatory demand, right? That's one starting point. And other, and other times it's kind of organic where, you know, some department has an idea, they want to start putting some definition around their data, things like that. There's two directions that these things often start in. So how did it start for you? Like, was there an initiative put on your plate? Was it your idea? Did it come from someone in the company top down? What, how did it start for you? Yeah, I think it was a kind of mixture. Mm -hmm. Back then, I had the role of the IT architect. So I cared about uh, the system landscape, all the interfaces between the systems. And okay. what I realized back then was that we didn't have a clear understanding which data is going through the interfaces, through the applications. What I did back then that was I started kind of initiative, a bit like grassroots initiative, and I put some people together from different departments, from the business development, from IT side, and from data reporting side. And I tried to convince these people that we have to take a look at our data, and we have to start somehow some data management. And mm -hmm. I was hurt back then, but still I had to do it beside my regular job as IT architect. It's funny, data governance work is often, let's say, volunteer work until it becomes so obvious that it needs to get staffed, right? Did you experience that too? That's right. I had to do that beside my regular daily job. But then I was lucky that there was some vacancy in the data and report department. And uh, I took that chance. And uh, since then, I had the opportunity to push the issue forward full time or nearly full that's, time. See, that's awesome. So you, you were able to convince folks to to take it seriously and dedicate resource to it and then i guess you, you raised your hand and started doing it yourself yeah i raised my hand but the problem was i was still alone <laughs> i was the only one raising my hand so um it's a lonely path at the beginning yeah and in this big organization you can't achieve everything on your own and on one point there was kind of changes that if you do data governance you need some budgets, you need some resources, and then you have to convince, you have to go to the C-level. And that's what I did back then. I I was also lucky. We had a change in the COO position of our part, and he listened to me, and I think he likes my ideas. Mm -hmm. And uh, another piece of luck was that there was a change in the COO position, and the new COO was convinced that we need to take a closer look to our data, and that we need to do data management to be more efficient. I see. So I got a good sponsor, I got some budget, and I could start my first project where we started to look really high level 
what we need to do and what could be the plans. Not talking about tools, but just like talking about frameworks and what we need to do to go to the future. So I'm hearing you say that you had some executive support for ideas that you had seeing these issues that were occurring across the business. And your first approach, your first projects were, were really doing some research, getting understanding of what's going on and proposing some sort of framework. It wasn't about give me money to go buy something. It was, let me understand the problem, define the problem, and how my ideas might take shape to help meet that challenge, right? And, you know, you were talking about frameworks and changes organizationally, maybe, but not necessarily give me money to go buy something. To be honest, it took me two years <laughs> to go there. <laughs> you know, like talking, it sounds like, okay, I just went there and I got some money. No, it uh, took me two All years. All right, two years. So yeah. so let's boil that two years down. What happened over those two years? Well, first, I, I, I did some short concepts, really, really easy to adapt and to show some pain points we have and to show some added value, what can happen if we take care about our data, if we implement data governance. And the pain points were obvious because our uh -huh. development, implementing new data projects, they took far too long because we don't have a really good transparency about our data. So th that was a big a pain point. The trust of data wasn't really there because no one knows where the data is, what definition the data is, who's responsible for the data. So there was a lot of trust and we need to take care about. So I did some concepts and I showed the concepts around. I changed the concepts a lot. It was a really big journey. And then I got the chance to start a project, a really project with budget. And then we started looking at our data architecture and really about the responsibility framework, what could happen, but still not implementing anything, just a framework. Uh, and in the framework was what, processes? Or like what was actually included in that concept? I imagine there, there had to be something that someone would do differently as a result of your framework ideas. So what, what was that? Yeah, the, the main idea was to put responsibility on the business side for the data. Yeah, that, that was the first move because the business must explain what data is needed, mm -hmm. what the meaning of the data is and why we need it. That's on the business side. And that was really new for us. That was the first step. And then we took some really responsibilities. We took our COO to be the chief data officer, mm -hmm. who is responsible for all the data and for all the data initiatives. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. One of the main things that you identified as a pain point was like the real pain point that was impacting the business was the time to market at, at delivering some sort of data product to the market, right? Or at least some development effort internally as a project was taking too long. And through your research, you came to believe that or identify that lack of responsibilities around data, lack of understanding around data, and not even knowing what you had and where it was, was a cause to that business problem, which was slow development times. So by putting some of this framework in place, you're speeding time to market on these deliveries. Boom, that's value. <laughs> right? that, that, that's huge, right? So time to market is great because whatever that development effort is, producing, right? You can start recouping the return from that sooner than you would have otherwise, right? Right. So does that now become part of your, I don't know, your company's project intake? Like when you're determining what to do on a project, or is data now sort of a 
a first principle or a first thought in mind when taking on new new work, new development efforts? Yes, and it's even that we start our project with defining the data from the business side. You know, back then, like it was mostly the IT part department, which was developing the data architecture and the data models in the systems. But what we're doing now is that we're defining the data on the business side. We're defining a business data model. And after this is finished, we are going to implement it in the technical systems. What you're saying is the business has a direct, not just a stake as someone receiving results from an IT function or a data function, but they're involved in the process throughout, it sounds like. Is that safe to say? Or not safe to there say? They're more, more than involved because we have the role of what we call um, data domain owner, which is in the business side. And these are the people who are responsible for all the data mm -hmm. in the business domain. And they're responsible for defining the data and for like data quality KPIs and everything which is around the business side. And they are defining the model, at least, with help, of course, because there are no data architects, but they are defining with data architects the data model from business side, and then it's implemented. And that is really beautiful because even the IT likes it, because they get really a clear picture what they have to implement. So the word that, that comes to mind uh, as you're describing this is kind of um, what we would call maybe a federated model of governance, a federated model of data management, where yes. departments throughout a company's business are directly responsible for key aspects of not just the word owner of data, but they're involved in the creation of the data. They're determining the business needs around data, right? And then they're taking responsibility for probably approving access to that data and use of that data and combination you know, with other things. And then your central function is consultative in many ways, advisory in many ways. Certainly they're, they're building an infrastructure to house it all, uh, but this federated model, look at what you've done. You're, you're involving the whole business with data as a first principle, and you're going faster as a result of it that efficiency, right? Uh, and there's just super clarity, not just on the data, but who's responsible for what parts, roles and responsibilities, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love a good federated uh, governance story. Absolutely. There's a lot of selling points to that. Thank you. I'm curious about your industry right? Really, the beginning of this call was really all about general data governance, general data management. I'm very interested in hearing about your industry specifically. How does the real estate investment world think about this? And what specifically in your world there kind of sparked the need for this? Clue us in a little bit about your industry sector and, and how it applies to this challenge. I would say the real estate industry or the real estate investment industry is always really far behind in parts of technical or digitalization. Um, we don't have to deal with a lot of data, with a great amount of data, not like the retail sector, for example. Um, but we have the challenge that most of the data we get from external suppliers. Ooh, hmm. that's, that's new. Yeah. <laughs> and the data varies greatly depending on the business line. Okay. We didn't really have a common data model. Every business line was defining their own data model, though we had some common parts on that. We used to get most of the data with documents, not with data. Uh, like paper? Uh, <laughs> paper PDFs. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And that is changing right now. 
we have big changes now where we get more data. And then there's the part of real estate sustainability. And that's the first part where we get really a lot of data, like consumption data and everything we need to handle. What types of data are you now consuming from third parties? I'm just curious. I don't know this business. I'm, I'm really interested. Okay, the business that we, we own real estate objects, but the rental and the, the lease of the building is done by external property managers, we call them. You're getting individual contract documents from each property manager, and that's one of the external sources that you're talking about? Right. Boy, that's a lot to manage. We have about 40, 40 to 60 external property manager for 400 real estate objects. So the data is really different we get, like in the format yeah, and in the I, quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would imagine that you have no consistency uh, on the inputs there. Yes. It's paper or virtual paper at that point, and you've got to slurp that into some databases somehow. So that's no small undertaking, probably. And one funny thing is you have to tell the property manager what data you need. And to tell them what data you need, you have to know what data you have and what data structures you need. So again, there's uh, how can you live without data management? Yeah, that, there's just a lot to unravel. Yeah, sure. How have you made that more efficient? Is that part of is that part of this data management program that you've begun here? Is that now more efficient than it was before? Like, what's changed, if anything? Yeah, it's more efficient. And it's more more clear because what we did, we take uh, we took the key figures from the top level and looked down with a business lineage. What data do we really need from the property managers? So we got a catalog of data which every property manager can get. So we get the same data from everyone. And there is no no gap. Oh, so more efficient, right? Back to that efficiency play. So it all helps you go faster. Hey, you mentioned that you are heavily regulated. What are those regulations like? What is that burden on you from a data standpoint? I, just to help me understand. Well, the banking regulator, they for now, they're looking on the processes documented and on the IT systems. But there are more and more looking at the data, not only PII data, but how we handle our data and how we control our data. We really need to be prepared for that because this is a big effort. If you do it after they ask you, so it's better to do work in <laughs> right. advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proactive is cheaper and faster than reactive, right? And no penalties. <laughs> yeah, no penalties. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Okay, got it. Thanks Thanks for some of that clarity there. Yeah. You've walked me through how valuable it's been to just simply sort of catalog your data so that everybody knows where it is, define your data so that everybody knows what it is, and improve a lot of these processes. All of it helps your company develop faster time to market or time to delivery or you know just measuring in time alone that's a big win from a value proposition standpoint what are your thoughts in the future on how you might want to recoup value from your data management program you know it doesn't even have to be specific measures or anything like that but what's your thinking around that around uh, other ways to to you know just think about value from the program maybe from each from data itself, you know, what is your thinking around that? For now, there's a lot of manual work with data. Mm -hmm. Each business line does it on their own ways. And it's hard to scale on that if you do it manually. Uh -huh. What we're trying to do now is to, to develop a standard data model 
And, and that's a big key to be more efficient because that standard model we can give to our external data suppliers. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. So you're pushing it further upstream or right. earlier in the process too. Hmm. Yeah. And well, we, we can easily scale on that because if we have a standard, just, just put it on different property managers. That should be no problem. Mm-hmm. That's one big point. And we mentioned the time to market is really important because the world is getting faster and faster. And the investors... They, they want to have different reports now. They're, they want to have different analysis. And you need to be really fast on that. And, and that's the big point, the, the time to market. You need to be fast on that. And that's where we're going to be. Yeah, look, every company wants to be able to go faster. Every company wants to reduce risk. You're hitting on those two things already pretty well in, in the, relatively speaking, folks, you know, it takes a long time to build these programs and get them running like a well-oiled machine. And, and you know, relatively speaking, I think you're, sounds like your, your program is paying dividends on a regular basis now, and it's paying, it's paying for itself, right? Because you're, again, reducing risk, you're more efficient, delivering faster. That's, that's a great story to tell. Yes, and even the colleagues, they, they like it because... They have added value for the daily work. You know, if you're not looking for data every time or if you're trusting your data, that's a big point. That makes your job easier. So it's for everyone. So you said you're finding some champions, it sounds like, within your company, your colleagues that are acknowledging that this is helping them to do their work. Do you have some examples on that, on on how are, are they speaking up? Tell us a little bit about, you know, give us the inside peek into how this works, let's say culturally at your at your company. Considering data culture, we were really starting at zero. Data was there, it was needed, but it wasn't really loved. So um, <laughs> what, yeah. you have to love your data. <laughs> yeah, you have to love your data. <laughs> and, and what we did, we, we tried to achieve some commitment. So we established a, what we call a data community. That's a platform where like everyone is invited you can contribute, you can ask for different sessions or presentations, you can exchange knowledge, you can help people, you can ask for help, but you can also put your own ideas and your own pain points there. And that is really important because people like to be heard. And if it's just top down, you have to do it. It's, it's always hard to achieve yeah, a exactly. culture. Yeah, thing. exactly, exactly. Um, are these meeting presentations or is it offline, a message board or something like, or all of the above? How does that, what does that community look like? We have a message board, of course, but what we do, we are meeting live in one room. I know it sounds strange these days, but <laughs> <laughs> we're all going in one place. We we preserved some nice drinks and some food and a, a nice surrounding. And then we really have live presentations with speakers and we have a really good ex- exchange between people, you know, like people really talking to each other, telling their problems. That That is a big part for them, just like telling the problems. What we also do is like if we do bigger presentations, we do it remotely because uh, we can reach out to more people. Not everyone's in the office, so. not Yeah, yeah of course, in, in, in this day and age, of course. Um, right, right. Yeah. Are the people in the community in the business across these different departments as the folks responsible for data? Or are we talking about just, let's say, your data team and data management folks, or is it a mix of all of them? No, it's it's for everyone. Oh, that's great, and, and that is really important. And uh, it's also also interesting because you get a, a wide mixture of people, like people who are really who like data, who are doing their own reports, and you have people that don't have any idea about data. Oh, and, cool! Right, but, so they're but you have learning. to reach out to everyone. Yeah, so so they're learning. So oh, this is great. So this is this is like that federated model. 
in real life, right? Just coming, I should say coming to life where everybody gets to share their problems and challenges. It sounds like folks are able to also help each other to solve those problems and you know from a community standpoint we're doing something similar we we also like to celebrate things that have been done to solve problems in the past so do people get to show off some of their success stories as they go to yes that's so that's also a big part because um you get a better commitment if you're involved and if you put up an idea what what we could make better, maybe some other people are doing this report or this dashboard and everything, but still it's your idea. And if you see it done, it, it's very good. That's our message, like be part of our data culture and, and not like to ask for something and receive something, be part of it. Yeah, and you know, there are so many smart people around us all the time that are just producing things and helping them to, giving them a platform like you've done with a community to let them show off, you're creating, you know, some celebrity around your organization on how you're identifying problems, solving those problems, being creative about it. Maybe you're even creating new standards as a result, right? That can scale, right? Because you mentioned scale before, right? So someone solves a problem one way, if you can reuse that solution, boom, you're expanding on that value. How often do you see that happening? Yes, we see that quite often because there's a lot of knowledge in the people's head. But if it's still in the people's head, it's, it's no use. Because, uh, but if you tell the other people, if you maybe do a presentation about your solution, it's easier to adapt to other business lines. So that's what we see quite often. Oh, that's great. What we found out is uh, if you want to be successful, it's uh, all about communication. And what we did, we did a very broad communication. We did uh, blog posts on the internet. We did podcasts with external speakers. We did posters. There were times you couldn't grab a coffee without seeing, without reading something about data management. <laughs> so, and that helps, you know, like a lot of communication helps because you have to convince people that there's an added value. And many people are too far away from data and doesn't really understand it. So you have to convince them and to speak to the audience. And, and that was a big part in the last three years, talking and convincing. Over coffee and drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They say luck is where opportunity meets preparedness. Doing your data governance homework by deeply understanding how your organization is using data, maybe also how it's struggling to use data effectively, you know, what your business and technical challenges are. Let's not kid ourselves. That's a lot of research and institutional knowledge that you have to build up. Maybe most of all, building relationships with people throughout your org who also want to get value out of data. All of this is a big part of the preparedness. Having a plan to execute on all of it, you know, how are we going to solve all of those challenges and then get value from data? Well, that's your other preparedness step. Now, luck happens when you've also got an executive team that wants to hear solutions to those data challenges, right? When a leader can connect all of those dots, then we have luck, right? That's your magic, right? You get funding, prioritization support, all of that. You know, it's pretty important to all of the folks, right, at all those levels who want the data governance, they got to see and feel the value from it, right? Well, the light bulb moment for me here was just the simple idea of time to market. Seeing how much faster it is to, you know, for the company's data professionals to build data products, 
You know, data sets, reports, dashboards, AI models. A good data governance program should help lead to faster turnaround times on all of those assets. Therefore, whatever business value that those assets bring simply just happens faster. Brilliant. As Berger said, I love this line, how did we live without data governance before? And really, celebrating data governance success comes from everyone around the organization who is experiencing the benefits from that success. Or maybe they even helped make it happen along the way. Cultivating a data community at our organizations goes a long way. You know, if you think about it, Berga has built a multi-channel advertising campaign around data governance, right? Message boards, collaboration, visible posters around the office, you know, announcements, presentations, etc. Really, what he's done is he's giving all data citizens around the org an opportunity to, to just show off their achievements and then find ways to amplify and even reuse those solutions for greater benefit, even more wins. You know, when we're doing all of that, everyone can see that they can be a data hero too. For Calibra, this is The Data Download. I'm your host, Jay Miller, and I'll see you next time. Want even more insight into managing your data? Visit Calibra.com slash podcast for additional resources on the topics covered in our show. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a new episode. And a five-star review certainly doesn't hurt our chances with the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm, isn't it, folks? It's a great way to help us reach new listeners, and we truly do appreciate your support. The Data Download is a production of Calibra in collaboration with Stories Bureau.